You're listening to Shane the Catskills in conversation with a podcast where I get to talk to my favorite artists, esotericists, writers, organizers, spiritual and creative workers, and people who I think are doing really interesting shit in the world. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm your host, Shane the Catskills, a queer artist tarotist, intuition facilitator, pleasure activist, organizer, contemplative, library clerk, and author of the book, Tarot as Questions, published by Cosmic Doghouse Press. I'm living on a sopus land currently known as the town of Shandaken, Ulster County, New York, in the Catskill Mountains. Today, I'm so excited to be in conversation with Jamie Sannon. Jamie is a visual artist, educator, and organizer living and growing in New York's Hudson Valley, historically known as the Eastern Door, shared ancestral territory of Mohican, Lenape, Stockbridge, Muncie, Algonquin, and Haudenosaunee, which includes Mohawk, Oneida, Onondaga, Cayuga, Seneca, and Tuscarora. And here, Jamie gives a shout out to all their teachers, including Iron Path Farms. Raised in Washingtonville, New York, with a BS in visual arts education, Jamie's interest in teaching sprouted from her own experiences with the arts. In addition to visual art, Jamie also studied dance, music, and theater from a young age. Each experience provided them not only with the breadth of cultural knowledge, but also the opportunity to consider the importance of self-care and community care via accessible arts, for which she is a fierce and dedicated advocate. Through their artwork and events facilitation, Jamie aims to create cultural commentary using visual language and to use the arts as a vessel to foster strong connection and strong communities. She believes that the arts are a universal language and is dedicated to protecting them from co-optation by those who would abuse or oppress people through gentrification, capitalism, art washing, and other forms of exclusion. Jamie's personal, professional, and creative work is centered around liberation, collaboration, and joy. Huzzah. Jamie is also the proud founder of Celebrate 845, whose mission is to organize, recognize, and celebrate marginalized and working class creatives via pop-up events across the 845. Jamie is so grateful to have roots in the Hudson Valley and be a part of its creative community. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be in conversation with me today. Yeah, I'm grateful for for the invite. I'm grateful for the the space that you hold, the conversations that you hold. So thanks. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes. So um, let's just actually check in. We are recording this on Saturday, October 21st, 2023, um, in the after on a rainy Hudson Valley afternoon. And um, how are you arriving? What is the, the quality of your body, heart, mind in this moment? Love that. I'm a little physically tired. I had a big day yesterday. Um, but it filled my heart very much and I'm still like riding high off of, off of that. And I ate good food today. So that's good too. Trying to 
get back on track. Do you want to say a little bit about what you were up to yesterday? Sure. Yesterday, well, the first thing I did yesterday was I had um, meetings in the morning because I'm an academic advisor at uh, SUNY New Paltz, where I graduated from. So I have to meet up one-on-one -on -one with like, like 140 students, um, which I love. And it's like a lot of energy. Um, wow. Yeah. I started the day with that, which is like a little buzzy. Um, but then I went to like a power hour mask distribution, um, which happened in Kingston, hopefully first of many, just like posting up and being like free masks and then giving them away, um, which is special and a whole thing. And then I went to a gathering in Hudson, New York, um, that was organized by a bunch of folks up there, um, centering like Palestinian liberation. And I gave out a lot of mass at that too. And it was nice to be around people, beautiful chants and music. So mm. yeah, big, wonderful, beautiful day. But I woke up today like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, my body felt it. Yeah, that's that's a day right there. Wow. Huzzah. Good for you. Um, I am arriving. Um, I am arriving. I took my cat to the uh, vet surgeon yesterday and found out that she's going to have to have her leg amputated. And so I am arriving with that like kind of compartmentalized and also like just very present. Um, I said, as a Capricorn moon, I had my big sobbing breakdown right in the reception area among people I'll never see again, which is yeah. my way. Um, that's like the way for me to have my feelings. Um, and aside from that, I've had a beautiful work day. I met with a cohort this morning. I took a class after that and, and now I'm here with you. So I feel very, um, you know, my my day and my life are filled with so many things that I am saying yes to. So that's how I'm kind of arriving to this moment. Yeah. Shouts out to your cat too. You I'm like, I know your cat. You put it in all your emails. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's a very dignified creature. I think she's gonna be fine, but I'm gonna be a little bit of a wreck for a while. Um, so I was super excited to actually, how do we know each other? How do we meet? So I I'm excited to tell this story. I actually was following Celebrate 845 before I met you. So I already knew about that organization um, or that formation. I know that it's not a nonprofit. Shout out there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah. And we met, I think it was 2021, Rise Up Kingston had an action in Kingston um, yes. We did door knocking, I think. Yeah. We, we hung door, you know, doorknob hangers about um, the funding for the police in Kingston. Yeah. And we were sitting outside because COVID safe, sitting outside, having the excellent food that was provided at that action, as I recall. And we got talking and, yeah. and I was like, oh, celebrate 845. Like, yes. And that was how we that was when we met and then I donated a rainbow Afghan blanket to a, a fundraising thing for celebrate eight, four, five. 
And then, you know, we've had these cross pollinations. I hear that you helped paginate my book for with Cosmic Doghouse Press. Yes. <laughs> yes. Shouts out forever. Uh, I just feel like the universe is like we, you know, we're in each other's orbit. And um, I'm I'm very like interested in what you're up to, but I'm just curious if you wanted to say anything else about like how we know each other. I thought, no, I thought about that too. And yeah, door knocking, great time. I remember, yeah, really like appreciating like, yeah, I guess like how, you know, how you were arriving and asking questions. Like I remember that about you. So I'm like, oh, how, you know, how authentic. Um, and yeah, shouts out, eating food outside. Shouts out to that awesome rainbow blanket. Oh, Never yeah. forget. That was so cool. And yeah, it's been special to like follow your work. I appreciate your e-blasts. I know that monthly e-blasts like take time and care to like actually put together and, you know, use MailChimp or whatever. So they're good. And I feel like I've probably replied and said that, but saying it here on the record too, that <sighs> um, I really appreciate them. So yeah, happy to like follow, follow your stuff and then and then connect through it. Beautiful. Thank you for that. I'm taking that in. You know, I enjoy so much putting them together. And I think that's why they feel good is like, yeah. it's not really work. It's, it's cool. like creative play for me, you know? Yes. Love that. Yeah. Um, I had a question in your bio. You talked about, I'm just going to like launch right into a bunch of, and you know, feel free to like all the Are things. you building a walnut? Yeah, I, I, um, this is, there's a tree along my walk that's just like laden with them. Walnut, and, um, do they smell like citrusy on the outside? Yes. And yes. that's, I'm holding it because it's comforting and it smells amazing. And that's why I'm yes. like holding it in my hand. Yes. It smells like an orange, but different. And it's Someone amazing. Someone told me about that. And then I did it and I was like, how did I not ever know this? I know. And it's like, you're telling me there's a walnut in here and it smells like an orange. Okay. Nature's like got her own thing going on, you know? Um, so in your bio, you, um, there was something called art washing and I'm wondering if you could edify me about that. Oh my God. I love that. This happened recently. It was, um, like art walk, this thing in Kingston where like galleries are open even though they're always open and I wrote in chalk like no art washing and this woman was like art washing huh I'll have to look that up and I was like do it art washing I probably learned about art washing maybe maybe in like 2020 or 2021 and it's like using I'm sure there's like a more eloquent way but yeah like I'm going to say like exploiting art to like push an oppressive agenda. So sometimes like an experience that I had was there was like a mural project that was going to launch in Newburgh, New York. And it was like literally being facilitated by like a real estate company that like bought up all these properties during the height of the pandemic for really really cheap and they were like renovating them air quotes and then selling them for like so or you know renting them out like for so so much more 
and they were putting these murals to like build community again air quotes but it was literally to raise the property values and like lifelong locals like getting displays and stuff so it was sort of this moment that's like really where I learned about art washing to be like just because it's art and you say the word community like doesn't mean it's like an inherent good and you're actually like doing a really grinchy thing right now it's like a subtle form of um diabolical you know what I mean like it yeah. it seems so like wow okay that's uh, really f solidifies it in my mind like people with no actual skin in the game in terms of community kind of yeah. taking up this like we're gonna do a community mural but like no one who actually lives here full-time is gonna be able to afford to like live in this place or actually benefit right. from it yeah yeah okay beautiful thank you I feel I yeah feel I think people like people like romanticize art like it's this like you know like support local artists like you hear that and it's like I don't know I think like there's this I guess like entitlement maybe it's this like romanticization of like how artists used to be more like culture bearers and I think now there's a lot of like or maybe then too but there's a lot of like really 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 privileged artists who are like support local and it's like just because you're an artist doesn't mean like you know if if the things that you're upholding are yeah displacing or like excluding or I don't know just oppressing it's like yeah, why do you like why would you feel entitled to anyone's support just because you're making something? Like it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I really feel that um you know, I have a lot of friends who are artists and you know, we talk about how you know, that artists are some of the only people who have to have another job in order to do their job. Like you know, that that's, that's so normalized that there's no standard rate of income for artists, yeah. that it's like all over the map and that really many artists have to do many, many things in order to like make their art. Um, yeah. And it's such a, uh, isn't that interesting? Sort of like, um, well, I wonder, you know, the, God, there's so many things. Okay. <laughs> Where do I want to start? <laughs> Um, I know I've already started, but where do I want to tuck in? Well, I, I want to really hear uh, more about Celebrate 845, because I feel like this is a really, um, I mean, I heard about this even before I knew you. And so will you talk a little bit about what moved you to start this formation and like what goes into keeping it going and what does what could celebrate 845 use help with that anyone who's listening to like um you know can check out and like actually to be real about supporting local artists like tell us about it appreciate all of that yeah oh my goodness the lore the lore is I, I didn't start it with the intention of starting it. Um, I had like the personal goal of like trying to curate an art show. Um, that was in, that was probably like the end of 2017. Um, I was working at Dia Beacon for like $12 an hour. Lol. Oh my God. Yeah. What? Um, and yeah, like meeting a lot of, a lot of art people. And yeah, I was trying to be in shows 
And then I was like, I could probably curate a show. Like I know people have like degrees in that, but I'm organized. I like spreadsheets. Like I can probably do that. And then I came up with like a list of friends and then I was like, that feels weird. They're like all boys. And then I came up with another list and I was like, that feels weird. It's like just people that I know and who am I to decide? And so, and then I'd been reading a lot because at Dia Beacon, there's like, it's mostly like white male, cis, straight artists, little little cowboys putting piles of dirt um, wherever they can. So I was like, at that point in my journey, I was like, it'll be um, an open call for like women and women identifying artists. That's like where, where my journey was at. So did an open call and I vastly underestimated my reach as like a person who's lived in the Hudson Valley for at that point, you know, like 25 years. Um, and like 60 people um, were part of it. And that was like visual art on the walls, but it was also like, we had a rental gallery for like a month and there were like poetry readings and there was music and like a tarot person, and like other, other creative people. Um, and I was in Beacon, New York in 2018. And it was cool. And I, I branded it because I thought it would be weird to like just advertise it on my own channels, which in retrospect probably would have been fine. But yeah, I guess just like in that place at that time, it was like filling a niche. And it was a lot of like, what's next? And can we work on that? Like, it really got people's juices flowing. So I was like, okay, I guess, I guess it's a thing. So without, yeah, I didn't really intend for it to be, I thought it'd be like a one-off. And then a friend was like, we should have an open mic. And it was like, okay, we'll do that. And it was like, oh, you should have, like, it just kind of, that kept happening. Like, would you support this happening? Or like an individual wanted to have an art show. Could you support it? Like, could we show you how we did the open call? Like, so yeah, just over, over time, just more collaborations and then more of like getting into a, a groove of like, we'll do this many open mics a year. We'll do this many art shows, just, just vibe in and being really open to what people want or need. Um, and we've changed our mission. Like at first it was like women and women identifying. And then it was like women and feminine non-binary folks. And then it was just, yeah, after a while we were like, we're just going to say marginalized folks. And then more recently it's been like marginalized and like low income working class folks. Mm. Cause there are people with marginalized identities that are millionaires. So like, yeah, you're really holding down you're really holding down the working class artist piece of it and that feels so so important. I'm just curious, you know, when you talked about the first open call that you did and you know, if you could just kind of like call up the feeling of that whole first one happening. Like what was that experience like of seeing the thing that you had sort of ideated happen? Like what were what what was like the the experience? 
Good. Cool and good. I maybe like maybe before that, like I had facilitated things like like in high school, like uh vice president of the drama club and founder co-founder of like the gay straight alliance. And then like in college I was like musical director of my show choir. Like, you know, I had experience making shit happen. Um But it was pretty, like I had some help. I had a few friends help. My friend Amanda Light helped me a lot. But it, yeah, I, I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad that I tried. And cause it's like, what a good little fit. What a good little fit of like, I think a lot of the times, well, I don't know. I don't know a lot of curators, but I think a lot of, in my experience, some curators can be really exclusive, so. I'm glad it felt good because like no one got excluded. It was like, if you applied and you're from around here, like you pass, like you, <laughs> that's, you yeah, like, yeah. Like why, like why create some like weird esoteric exclusive bar? I, you know, um, uh, I put this in my newsletter before that Martin Scorsese said that curation is an act of love. And, um, I just, and that's coming to mind as I hear you sort of talking about, mm. um, you know, curation is its own really magical creative practice. You have many different kinds of magics. Curation is one of them. Um, <laughs> organizing is another. Um, getting shit done sort of falls under all of those. Um, but I don't want to sort of detract too much from... So So that's where Celebrate 845 started. Like, what's happening with it now? Um, you did a recent event on October 8th, which I got to stop by. And just like, I also really, you know, I appreciate that your... Um, sort of conception of art is very large. You had esoteric arts there. You had someone doing um, astrology readings. You had someone doing tarot readings. You had people working on a um, a mural, a large, you know, project. It's like, there's a lot. Your, seems like your, your um, basket for what art is, is immense and delicious. And so, yeah, just tell us what's up with Celebrate 845 now. And like, what are you needing and looking for? Cool. Yeah, what a special day. And yeah, we're, uh, how we keep it going. And we, yeah, we is like, we has had different forms. I feel like at first it was like literally just me for a while because I was like, I felt like a responsibility to not rope anyone into this thing that like I didn't even know what it was. Um, but people would help like project by project. Um, and then we had like a robust, like a team that like met once a month. And then over time it was like, that structure just didn't fit us. So it's gotten a lot more casual. It's kind of gotten a back to project by project, but there are like consistent folks. And my really good friend, Tierra down in Newburgh, we check in, you know, however often she's great. So that's, yeah, keeping it going is like, it's, I'm like, it's just Instagram and e-blast. Like, <laughs> like, we don't have a venue. So there's, there's not really a ton to keep going. Um, I think that, yeah, it's so much collaboration. Like, I think it looks like it's so much because there's so much collaborating. We're not doing a ton fully on our own. And when we are, it's not anything 
unmanageable. Um, and then as far as help, help goes, I don't know. Sometimes we take donations for things. Like we just did a project launch that we're going to pay 20 different people to have their art featured on like postcards. So that's coming. And yeah, like there's that arm, like the money arm. There's like the amplification arm. Like if you think we do cool stuff, maybe tell your friend that is looking for stuff. Like I think a lot of people are, I've heard a lot of people voice that they're like looking for community all the time. So I think we do, like we cover a lot of ground, like art show or open mic or community day or showing up at an action or a mass distribute. Like there's a lot of ways community can be built. Um, and then collaborate. If you're like, wow, that sounds like someone I'd wanna do a thing with. Great, like <laughs> that's, that's a big part of it too, is having folks reach out to collab. I love that. You know, it's like, um, I was like that person in school where, where it was time for the group project. It was like, no, I don't want to, I mean, that's changed a bit, but it's like, you're so, you're like, you're so like, let's do it. Also, how does it feel to think about being a little bit more full-throated about like soliciting donations? I mean, it's like, you're doing stuff all the time that requires money. It's kind of like, um, we're going to drop a link um, in this episode where you can donate to celebrate 845 and what you should know about that is that your donations are not getting all wrapped up in some admin and some like you know they are going to directly support artists events happening it's a, a very lean operation and so it's a great way to support working class and marginalized artists in the 845 so um, I am going to drop a link and uh, yeah, because, you know, money, money makes it easier to make things happen and kind of expands the the vision of not that expansion is like the the end goal of everything. And, totally. you know, yeah. it, it can it can help. Um, it can help. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, also, and you're, you're a good. On you're a good investment, you know, celebrate eight four five, and you know what I mean? You have a lot of integrity and, you know, um, I feel like very full-throated about, about supporting that. If, if, um, people want to make an investment, it's a good investment. Appreciate that. And yeah, it, it was hard. Like in the beginning, it, like, you know, a bunch of like lower income renters, like all being like, like having like our own like trauma around money, myself included, like, but like when people ask, how can I help? And it's like, they don't want to hang flyers. They don't want to like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Some people are like, can I just donate? So after like people have been really generous. So stepping into like providing the option, like yeah. if that's like the way that certain people can tap in and really want to, like, even though we might feel uncomfortable, it's like, not nice to be like, put our discomfort first. So. Well, yeah. you know, money is, um, money is a creative medium. It's, it's yeah. a medium that we use to create the world. And so, yeah. you know, um, giving can be a way of, for someone who's not, or, you know, maybe they are being creative in different ways. Money can be a way for someone to, um, be creative. So totally. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing all of that. 
Um, I want to talk to you about um, COVID and because I feel like my girl, (laughs) it's like um, we're in our year of the Lord, 2023, year four of um, an ongoing pandemic that continues to claim the lives and the, the health of people all over the world. And there is no end in sight for that happening. And that's just like real. And so if you're listening to this part of the podcast and you don't want to hear this, or you think like, please take care of yourselves, but we're going to have this conversation because there's so few places in the world and in my life where it's like, let's talk about it. And, um, you know, I feel like one of the last people on the planet still wearing a mask. I have a case of masks that I have in my car at all times. I, you know, and number one is cause like, I am not, you know, my calculation at all times is, is whatever it is worth becoming long-term disabled for me? That's the calculation every time. And every time the answer is no, you know, and I provide tests for anyone who wants to, you know, my friends want to come and visit. They're welcome to, we can either mask or they can test or, you know, I have other friends who are actually more COVID cautious than me, shout out, you know, and, and it's kind of like, it's actually a great way to learn how to start naming needs and limits and seeing who shows up, who's up for it and who's not. Um, So you have been kind of, um, and continue to be with a mask distribution yesterday, a voice in the community that is out loud and in public about like the pandemic is not over and like, let's take care of each other. And, you know, one of the things I think about with masking is that, like people are like yeah black lives matter let's change the world but like not masking is so counter-revolutionary it's like the simplest lowest bar for how to actually like materially demonstrate your solidarity with the most vulnerable like actually i'm getting a little soapboxy here but what i want to ask you about is this is um a line my liturgical book group is reading let this radicalize you right now and there's a line where they talk about we can also invite people to imagine what's possible by modeling and rehearsing the world as it should be in real time in the spaces groups and relationships that we build and i it was something that i thought about when i knew we were going to talk because you are very full-throated about your politics. You have a lot of political and moral clarity. And at the same time, you create a space, an invitation for people to disagree. And like, you're like, let's talk about it. Like you, there's a real call-in vibe with that I feel from you. And having been a shamey, blamey white person for many years, something which I am, you know, um, still regret and that provides tremendous motivation for how I currently um, move in the world. I'm just curious if you could talk about your, yeah, just your whole approach, your mindset, like your whole relational orientation to what you're up to. And yeah, anything that you want to say about all of that? Yes. I mean, number one is like, appreciate you. Appreciate anyone like 
opting in to caring about COVID because it's tiring and sometimes it's prohibitive and it's like rewarded for to not care about it. So I appreciate that so much. That's like number one, like appreciate that. And, and also I just want to insert like for my friends out there with children who are, you know, I have so many friends who have no options, no good options. And, and I just want to acknowledge that like, you know, it's not, I, I'm not trying to put people in boxes. I mean, the culture has really screwed us. Um, totally. So that's, yeah, just naming yeah. that, naming that. And that's a huge part of it. Cause it's like, yeah, I've had people, I've had people be like, you, you know, like you're coming from like a huge place of privilege, like to be able to be safe. And like, there's, there's truth to that. There's definitely truth to that. Like, I worked in like retail when the pandemic came and my boss like stopped having precautions after a while and didn't include me in the decision making. And I was like this, and it was supposed to be like a liberatory, like, you know, queer, like all the things that you would think would matter. And I, I had to leave. And like, it was not a good financial choice to leave, but it like not worth the risk. Like, but even even then, like there is privilege, even though I was like broke for a little while, like I figured out other stuff. But yeah, having kids is like a huge barrier. But I I just think that like there I'm gonna say the word like surrendering comes to mind because like yes, like you can't control right if you have like a kid in school or if you have to work, you know, like a restaurant. And there are tools, like there are tools that can help. And it's just hard for me to imagine like not wearing a mask at the grocery store. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I would just do it. Like, just, just in case, like if it might help, I would do it. And I do do it, um, you know, to each their own. Everybody's got trauma around it, pandemic trauma. And like, I think there's a huge like, miseducation piece because there are folks that I know in my in my own community who are like really impacted community members and they're probably like the most at risk and like you know they're like going to the diner and it's like every, everyone deserves to go to the diner like live live your truth but I don't know I'm I'm just doing my best to uh cherish myself and everyone by hopefully containing, you know, not getting COVID. And if I get it, containing it, um, it just feels important to me to, to do that as best I can. Um, and I have a fun little life too. I'm like squish any rumors. Like, you know, I've, I'm having a really fun, fun time out here. And it's been cool to, to get to know people who, who, feel similarly and are invested in themselves and each other. Um, yeah, there's so much about COVID. So weird. There's a walking trail near my house and there's like spray painted. It says COVID rules. And I think about that a lot. Wow. It's like so much, but it, yeah, whenever things are hard, I'm like COVID rules. But sometimes it's brought out some awesome stuff. So. 
roller yeah. coaster style. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it really, COVID has really cured me of individual blaming individuals. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it really has cured me of like, you know, if you don't agree with me about this issue, like it's yep. not going to work. It's like that has cured me of that because how can, how can I blame an individual when an entire corporate media, government, public health at, at every single level has n normalized the, you know, pretending that, that something is over, that is actively killing people and disabling people. And um, so, yeah, it's really sort of changed my orientation in that way. And yet I do feel like it's also, you know, masking still is like, it's like a glitch in the matrix for people. It's like a visual cue of like, yeah. it's still normal to mask. Like, yeah. you know, I'm also like, I don't even want whatever your cold is. Like I, <laughs> at this point, I'm just totally. kind of like, if COVID were to disappear completely, I'm like, I would probably still mask at the grocery store. Like it's a flex sometimes <laughs> like going <laughs> Like there's like a farmer's market where I live that I avoid because it's like crowded and like full of tourists. But if I go, if I have to run in and grab whatever, like, yeah, I'm like mask, hoodie, like incognito mode, like I'm in and I'm out. Yeah. There's also like, let's talk about the whole like hermit aspect of masking. Yeah. Of, like I'm just fully talking to myself out loud and like nobody, like, I feel like I don't have to hold sort of a, um, you know, like that, whatever that's called, where you facially like um, relate with someone, you know, where it's just kind of like, I can just, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm sort of temperamentally predisposed to be like, I'm, I'm okay with masking. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a real thing, too. And like, I think about that a lot. Like, if, if the pandemic had come when I was like a bit younger, because like, I'm a little social butterfly. Like, I, how old I think are I'm, you? I'm 31. I'm turning 32 on December 31st. Are you being serious right now? December 31st is your birthday too? Did we know this already? No, I'm like shocked. Oh, I love that. Shout out Happy Capricorn. early birthday. Do you yeah. think it's the best birthday in the world? I suffered a great deal as a young person, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, it's actually the actual best. I think it's a perfect day for a birthday. I love it. I didn't mean to interrupt your whole flow, but th this is an incredible oh, like no, Venn diagram situation. Yeah. Vital information. I love that. Cool. <laughs> you were saying that if you had, if the pandemic had happened when you were younger, because you're a social butterfly. I don't know that I would have had like, I'm going to say the confidence to opt in. It's like, you know, what if I want to wear like makeup? What if, which I do want to wear makeup, but like not enough to get COVID. Like, you know, what if I want to wear makeup? What if I want to like go out and dance? What if I want to like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would have the confidence to like reshape my normal and to like, I think, I mean, I've always had really awesome friendships, which is great. So I think I would have been supported, but I don't know that I would have felt confident enough to do it. Whereas now, like, I'm, you know, 
I, I'm brave enough to be like, hey, y'all, I'm not doing that. Here's what it's going to take for us to spend time together. And no, not a lot of people are uh, not cool with that. Like most people are cool with that. But so I feel for young people too. And I feel for people who maybe are older, but not there yet. Yeah, thank you for naming that. I mean, I'm 47. So I like did my whole like, I mean, I wasn't a club person back when I was, you know, that's just not my, not my thing. But like, you know, if this had happened when I was in high school, I really, you know, it's a whole different thing for young yes. people. And so I appreciate you naming that, um, that all I want to do is sit home and make sweaters. So it's not, <laughs> it's, it's a very yeah. different um, yeah. situation for me over here. Um but still, I mean, even at 31, that feels like a big reshape too. You know, that's. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it was, I, I used to do like karaoke, like twice a month, like, and again, with my organizing, like open mics, can't do that. Theater, can't do that. Vendor market, can't like, but we, we pivoted, like, I don't know. It was like, well, we have to be together. We just can't do it that way. So we figured out like virtual open mics. We did like uh, digital zines, like on like a vendor market online. Like we figured it out, which was so exciting. And that's why it was like so disappointing when like people were like, oh cool, back to normal. And it's like, why would you go back to that? Like we figured it out. Like we're figuring out how to do it, which is like so beautiful. You loved this. like. What do you want to go back to that for? I know normal was normal was in so many ways wretched. You know, it's like we got like just a little window open of like, oh, the government actually can take care of people. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, that's over back to normal, <laughs> you know. Um, so you're I love that you talked about like as an organizer, you know, you made the pivot. I mean, that is the organizer move is to be able to pivot in accordance with causes and conditions and changing circumstances. I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what organizing is to you, what it means, what what you feel like is important to your organizing. Um, and like, yeah, I, I guess there's something about... Um, like for me, there's a complete braiding together of my creative, spiritual, and political life. They're kind of one thing. And and I, I get that from you too, that there's, you know, it's all one thing. And so I'd love to just hear you like riff on that a little bit, if you would. Appreciate that. And I feel like I've heard you talk about that in other conversations. And yeah, like I felt that way too. I was like, say it. Like, yeah, I think it's all part of, I jokingly say like, it's all part of like the piece, like, you know, piece of art, like it's like the piece, but it's yes. like the piece is just me, my whole, you know, my life, like <laughs> that's the piece. And yeah, I like, I don't know. I, I see it as an extension of my creative practice, but I think like it's so loop, loopy loop because my creative practice I think was like a vessel to be together but like being together like it's just round and yes. round and round so 
I don't know. I think as an organizer, I I try very hard to not. I've seen people that were organizers that were like authoritative and like not collaborative, and it just wasn't it. So maybe those insecurities make me try to really be the opposite. Um, but I also think like sometimes people really hold back because they don't want to be seen as like super hierarchical. And I don't think, I don't think things have to be hierarchical, but I think there can be like a point of contact for a certain task, like, you know, to make sure <laughs> yeah. that things are getting done. Like, I don't think that has to exist within hierarchy. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just acknowledge like my skill sets, like, I like putting stuff, I like having, okay, like a timeline for the project and like, who's taking this and then make sure we send it. Like, it just comes naturally to be able to zoom out and see the pieces. So I'm, I'm happy to put the energy into efforts that feel important for like liberation for all. Yeah, And I encourage other people to like, step into it because i i notice a lot of the time people are like so appreciative of like everything you stand for and i'm like i'm just like i'm just some guy like i know like i'm a special snowflake and everything but yeah i'm also literally just just some guy just floating floating along so yeah, here's to not like creating the kind of um kind of parental dynamic where like let's ask Jamie, let's ask, you know, it's like, yes. you know, you take a piece too. like, keep it, keep it, move, keep it moving, you know? Yeah. Like here to help, but like, also you got this and like my way is cool and your way is cool. And like someone might much more resonate with how you do it than how I do it. Like, and that's great. Like we both need to do it. We both like, there needs to be a hundred ways for people to tap in and different languages and different mediums and, yeah. Yeah. I feel like to hear you say it that way, it's like, that's how things become sort of sturdy and resilient is that there's like a million different ways to do the thing that all yes. work fine, you know? Um, yeah. Is and I think that's why I like fell into art too, because the, the written word is like not my, or I don't know, I, maybe now it kind of is, but I had a lot of self-conscious around like, yeah, like, like language, language and writing and that like formality or like academia. So I think that visual art and performing art helped me like have language that like maybe didn't even need words, but then also fostering that and then figuring out how to translate it. So love that art is cool. <laughs> art, art is everything. And I love the whole like like you are, your life is the peace is, is the like, yes to that. I mean, yeah. I feel like when people are like, oh, I'm not creative. It's like, actually your whole life is a creative project. And yes. what did you make for dinner last night? Yeah. Like as my teacher, one of my teachers at the monastery used to say, like when you sign your, your checks with your signature, like that's an expression of you. Like it's really that basic. Yeah. Yes. What did you make for dinner last night? Um, do, do you have like a, a personal like art practice in terms of like painting or visual art or drawing or just things that you're up to on the regular or 
you go through periods or how does that look? Appreciate that. Haven't made a lot of like visual art recently. It's, I think most of my creative energy has been going to like the work more, more of the organizing stuff. And that's also like helping like other organizations like make flyers or, you know, whatever for whatever they got going on. Um, I've been honestly, my, I think a big, a big, my art recently has been like tending to my apartment because where I live now is like the longest I've ever lived in a rental. Um, I have like moving trauma. I had to move like six times in four years and it was like horrible. So now I've lived here for like over two years and like finally putting up the shelves, like getting a lot of plant. Like I think that home, designing home has been my art project. Yes. Oh my God. I moved twice this year, both times unexpectedly. And like, <laughs> just, Damn. yeah, the energy that it takes. And also, yeah, like making home is for sure. I mean, it's like the space that your body's in and like what you're literally consuming with your senses when you're at home, yeah. which, you know, I'm home most of the time. So yeah. And I also really relate to like, I haven't been making a lot of visual art lately either. And number one is I think a lot of creative energy has gone into creating home and, and just, and other things it's like, um, it's interesting to see, to kind of, cause sometimes I get like, why am I not making anything? And it's kind of like, where's your energy actually like, take a look. It's, it's there. <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. takes different forms at different times. Yeah. And here's the like mm, making home. I love that for you. Yeah. Shout out to having a home. Shout out to like, yeah, having the autonomy to do, do some stuff to it and I'll patch up the holes if I leave and it'll be fine. Probably like, yeah. Yeah. Is there before we move to the um the Q&A quick fire round? I'm just curious if there's anything that you're kind of just dreaming about right now in terms of either your, you know, personal projects or you know, or just anything that you're kind of like um kind of carrying around in your body heart mind as a vision. Appreciate that. I'm, I'm finding myself just asking a lot, like, how to, what are other ways to, like, care for people with the ultimate, with, like, my selfish ultimate goal being, like, if everybody's cared for, then everybody can show up and take care of one another, and then we can all you know, fuck shit up, change what needs to change, rebuild, blah, blah, blah. So, but I think the root of that is, is care, is caring for people. Mm. And I think I know a lot of ways to care for people, but I'm trying to zoom out even more and either like listen to how people need to be cared for or figure out like other people to connect people with and like, how can I uplift someone who provides care? Like, I've been thinking a lot about that. 
How do you let yourself be cared for? I like to be squeezed <laughs> to be compressed. Um, I have that too. I'm like a gravity blanket is not enough. I need like a steamroller to actually like just roll over me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Squish me. Squish me. Food. Mm. I don't mess around when it comes to food. I feel like if I ever have extra money, I <laughs> blow it on food. Um, chilling. I don't I don't really romanticize like having too much to do and like sometimes there's a lot to do. Like I'm I'm truthfully in a pretty busy season of my life right now. But saying no to like enough things it's like i like i should have i know i need to meet with whoever but it's like i can i can squeeze that in next week so that i can have sunday off like just mm -hmm. trying to be intentional when i when i can be so that when i can't be like it's not so bad mm, i love that here's to not romanticizing being busy doesn't work no <laughs> doesn't work for anyone <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to just say or lift up or call out before we move to the Q&A? I don't think so. I'm grateful. And mm. I'm, yeah, I'm like, I want to call you out. I'm like, <laughs> in a, you know, shout you out, like in a, in a good way, because I really appreciate the, the spaces that you hold hmm. and you're such an uplifter which i love i'm really grateful for for uplifters like i see you uplift i'm like i'm gonna do it i i feel like i always see you shouting out aurora and i was like i'm gonna shout out aurora too um yeah like how nice how generous of you to shout to shout out people well like, that's aurora. after decades of tearing people down and being a flayer of people there's something in my evolutionary makeup that has kind of changed and I just derive so much pleasure. I know so many incredible people, right? Yeah. We know so many that it's just kind of like it's so delicious to like, you know, yeah. be like actually specific in lifting people up. It's not some vague like so and so is awesome. It's like, no, this person does this thing that is incredible. Um yeah. and I just know so many people like that. So yeah. When you do that thing, which is incredible, which is which is so important to the greater the greater work. So appreciate that too. Yeah. I <laughs> I feel bad for the wake I've left behind me to get here, but here we are. Here we are. Such a like evolutionary work in process. So, cool. Jamie, what are you practicing right now? Oh my gosh. And if you also like, if you want me to go first for anything and we can take our time, like you can be, you know, um, take your time to think about it too. Thanks. Well, I'm, I'm practicing a big thing in my life right now is meeting up with my little advisees. Um, so I'm an advisor and I think the practice is like, like really showing up for them and also figuring out like how to hold, like I get really impacted by, by talking to them. 
they say some awesome stuff. They say some scary stuff. They say some heavy stuff. Like, and I really soak it in. So I maybe I'm practicing, like, I guess balancing. Like, I'm trying. I like to be really there for them. And when I'm done with beatings, I'm like, like, so I'm like, maybe I need to find a place to put all this. Mm. I don't know where yet. Mm. It's so interesting. It's like you're, I'm sure, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming that like being an artist, the, the capacity to be impacted is what makes you kind of a creative generative person. And it's like, how do you also, um, protect your energy for all the things that you need it for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do I, like, yeah, I'm finding like, what am I doing? Like, what do I do with this? Like, so practice and figure in that out. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, do you answer too? Yeah, I do. I do. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I'm practicing, I'm doing a lot of somatics kind of practice. Like I was driving to Schenectady. I don't like to drive period. And it was pouring rain and I was, you know, taking my cat to the, so I was stressed out and it was like just a constant kind of like, you know, this, you know, you know how to do self-regulation. Let's do mm -hmm. some box breaths while you drive, like feel your body, you know? So I'm just practicing in those moments where I feel kind of on the edge of panic, just like go to the body, you know, go to you know, feeling mm -hmm. the earth holding you to her, like, you know, so I feel like I've been practicing a lot of my, it takes me a long time to get things into my body. So, um, you know, I feel like I've been exposed to somatics for a while now, and it's starting to actually just arise for me there as like, oh, right, this is something that I can practice is available, you yes. know? Yes. Cool. Yeah. So that, um, what or who are you listening to right now? I was listening to Lewis Cole. Um, and I was listening to Thundercat. And uh, what was the other one? Well, those are good for now. Yeah. And is this music? It's music. I feel ancient. <laughs> oh, <laughs> It, honestly, it's um, I'm cheating because my my partner, James, my partner, James is like the best and really good at drumming and like 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 little tricks and little tiny symbols on the big one, like all the little trinkets. And those musics are like that genre. And yeah, I've been listening to, to some James stuff. <laughs> I see. So I could be forgiven fun. for not having heard of it. Yeah. I never heard of it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. What about you? Um, I don't listen to a lot of music. Um, I'm very emotionally impacted by it. So I don't, um, which is the whole point of music, but um, I'm very choosy about it. I've been listening to um, Rev Left Radio podcast with Brett O'Shea, who is, you know, just these F-bomb laced um, commentaries on the world from a, a very um, revolutionary left perspective. And I just love to hear um, someone who will just let it rip um, from my political orientation. I find it very um, um, 
enlivening, you know, someone who's just not holding back and, but actually very intelligent. And the, I think it's the emotion plus intelligence, like very like incisive analysis, but like lots of emotion. Yeah. I'm like here for that, you know, crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you reading right now? If anything, nothing. Yeah. I'm yeah. not reading. <laughs> Sometimes I love reading, but not right now. Yeah. I go through phases too, actually. Yeah. Um, I am reading uh, 100 Years War on Palestine by Rashid Khalidi. I heard about this book um, probably on Rev Left Radio. And he, his family, the author, Rashid Khalidi's family has deep roots in Palestine, like his father and his grandfather and had been on the front lines of certain like political moments there and, and him too. And it's just an extremely readable um, history that's interlaced with his personal family narrative, deeply researched, um, you know, cause I, I studied history when I was in college and, you know, but not in this, not nothing to do with this part of the world. Right. Um, Right. So yeah, I'm just kind of like, "Mm, I should maybe know what's going on. Uh, So that's what I'm reading right now. Um, Appreciate you like opting into that because it's heavy times. It's heavy times. It's heavy history. And like, it just, there's yeah. something about reading the history that makes the current moment actually as horrific as it is in every yes. direction make a lot of sense. It's kind of like yeah. oh, causes and conditions, like cause and effect, like it's not mysterious, um, right. even though kind of, a, you know, something like this rivets the attention of the world. But this has sort of been going on for a long time. Um what are you watching right now? And that could be media, but also like other things, screens or not screens, you know? What am I watching? I don't know. Um, there's, <laughs> there's this YouTube channel called Channel 5. Um, and it's this young guy who makes news um just kind of independently and those are pretty good and usually pretty funny channel five um i'm also just always like in the back of my mind watching spongebob it's like all burned in there and i think about it a lot um so i'm not physically watching it but that came to mind when you asked. I love that so much. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a room in there that's where that's on all the time. I love it. I love it. it is. Beautiful. It is. If anyone out there ever wants to talk about SpongeBob, I'm with you. <laughs> that. Um, I'm watching season two of Our Flag Means Death, um, which is about. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. It's a. Uh, um, I think it's on HBO Max. Shout out to my HBO Max connection. You know how who you are. Thank you so much for getting me through oh, these yeah. times. Um, oh, yeah. It's about like a queer pirate ship. And it's so funny and like um, 
I don't know. I just find myself, actually, my face hurts from smiling as I'm thinking about it right now because it makes me laugh so much. But, you know, it's kind of the perfect, smart, silly um, TV that um, is medicinal in these times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What question are you living into right now? living into yeah i think i'm 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 constantly uh yeah maybe i'm con- i'm noticing that i'm constantly asking like should like what should i do or, like what would be the best thing to do or what like that type of like I guess criticism is the word. Maybe I didn't always think of it that way, but my therapist is like she like I she's making me catch it. She's like it's not always a should, like it could be like it is. And I'm like I hear you, but <laughs> but what would be the best thing? Like so I think holding that like I still feel that way about a lot of things, like trying to figure out the should, what should I do? What's this best thing? But also trying to like unpack it so maybe those are the questions what should i do and (laughs) how how do i stop asking this question sometimes can i make a little commentary about that i would love that yeah well first of all there was a teacher at the monastery who said stop shooting all over yourself Damn. <laughs> I know. I know. I think about that. That like, I think about that at least three times a week. Um, and the other thing, you know, when I'm working with clients um, doing tarot consultations, I tell people that should questions that um, to really look for the desire question underneath instead of what should I do is what do I actually want? Mm. And that can feel edgy. That can mm. feel impossible. Um, that can feel scary or and or exciting. But the whole like should or what is the best thing is if there's some outside arbiter who would know to right. kind of draw that back in and be like, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do it, but to just be like, what do I want to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking about that. And I appreciate that because I've been trying to like put it out there to more people. I think, yeah, like the the organizer in me, like the yeah. sort of like public facing person in me is just constantly evaluating, like holding all of these things and just trying to find like, you know, the best bottom line or whatever, but recognizing that, yeah, like that's, whatever that's we do is going to piss somebody off. Yeah. I mean, we can count on that. So we might as well please ourselves. I mean, I also think I say that to you as, you know, you're someone with a lot of integrity. And so your desires are trustworthy, you know, in that, in that way. Trying. Yeah. Hey, look, we can all be forgiven for not being in touch with our actual desires. Hello. Hello, overculture. Thank you very much. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. No, thank you. Um, what is I, your question? I am living into the question of how can I feel more? And and that is not a question. That's not, I don't always want to feel more. And that's like a, also a real thing for me to know is that there are 
parts of the day where I'm like, actually, we're going to opt out of feeling right now <laughs> in the various ways that I like to do that. Because I think that that is a completely legitimate way of being in the world in these times. And um, also to make a practice of when it's time to feel like, how can I actually, and just, you know, emotion, but also just sensation. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes I'm like, God, if I could just like be inside someone's experience for 10 seconds to see like, is, is what I somatically feel like the normal amount or am I like just completely numb, you know? Right. I don't know. <laughs> I think about that a lot, um, actually. But yeah, right. just just the basic like feeling like, oh my God, I'm clenching again. Yeah. Like a hundred times a day. So yeah. How can I feel more? Cool. Um, what is keeping you up at night? Currently nothing. I'm not, I'm a good little sleeper, which I'm so grateful for. So great. I feel like maybe I heard you say that once before too. Shouts True. out. Shouts out. The, the blessing of all blessings, the it's blessing the that truth. underlies every other blessing in our life. <laughs> it really is the truth. But currently, I feel like last year I went through some like trials and tribulations. And last year I was like waking up at 3 a.m. And I was like, this is this is not it. But nothing right now is is keeping me up. I fall asleep <laughs> like pretty instantly and i wake up hours eight hours later oh my god i love that that's actually my answer too nothing's keeping me up right now cool. i go to bed and i'm like nine hours yeah. at least and i'm just like my body's dictating the situation here and you know and blessed be actually like in a non-joking way having good sleep hygiene really can help with all of the things yeah yeah and like having the capacity to then like show up in other way like because yeah when that's off it's everything's like, off yeah yeah it's no good so trying to trying to make the most i love us that we both have that as our answer yeah, to that i right know now. same birthday same sleeping exactly I love that. I love what that. what's inspiring you now everything oh my goodness i get so inspired my nieces are inspiring me. I have twin nieces who are turning six. They're amazing. My oldest niece is like eight and a half. She does cartwheels. She does round offs. Just like wow. I'm. This is the shout out moment. Definitely, human theater company is this like COVID safe theater group in the Hudson Valley. They're like twenty four year olds who give a shit. Cherish them. <sighs> bunch of my friends, my friend Tierra inspiring me, my friend Brianna inspiring me. Uh, people's PPE, youth let again, like college people giving away masks. Everyone who spoke in Hudson last night. I'm constantly, uh, yeah, I'm very constantly inspired and impacted. Like, I think people do a lot of cool stuff and I'm like, what? Like, yeah, inspired is a thing I feel very, very frequently. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. What a blessing that is to feel inspired. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, I know that when I'm not feeling inspired, something needs to change in my media consumption or my, you know, what am I feeding myself? Cause there's a lot of nourishment out there. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 I think, I think something that's inspiring me right now is just seeing how many people are out in the streets. Like, like I saw pictures from London earlier today. I mean, just like the biggest, um, you know, people putting their bodies literally in the streets and being like, this is not okay, um, is inspiring me to me because it's not, that's not my work to be out in the streets. So I just love it. I just feel very inspired by, you know, I think that, that, that a lot of the mainstream media would have us think that we would really just pacify us and have us believe that people are pacified, but they're, they're not actually, especially yeah. in other parts of the world, they are like out in force. So yeah. that is inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. What has your attention right now? Oh God. Um, uh, the conversation around what is, what is occurring yeah. over, over with, with Palestinian folks and Israeli folks and folks in Gaza, like all that. I'm, I'm not a history is really hard for me. Like I've never done well in that subject. I'm not, I have a hard time. So I just, in those moments when stuff is like really coming from like a deep, like history place, I really am just listening a lot, really, even with like, maybe like views that, you know, friends of mine are like, this is the wrong thing. It's like, I'm trying to listen to those perspectives just just to understand as much as possible, not even with the goal to like a form, inform opinions, but just to understand. I love that. I love that you're sort of naming that. That's also what has my attention is, you know, um, do I really need like, do I have something to contribute to the discourse in this moment? Like, how am I enacting my politics? Do I need to, to like publicly broadcast, you know, and, and also like, uh, I think that being involved in organizing already makes me feel more grounded and just like, I have my political home. I have my people that I am in formation with and, yeah. um, you know, I, I also am not, I, I, I just don't feel like I am interested in convincing anyone of anything right now. I just feel like I have been really holding um, emotional ambiguity and complexity alongside political and moral clarity, like that those things can exist together. Um, yes. And I can have my own political and moral clarity, and I can also make space for people that I'm in relationship with to have lots of feelings. And I don't need to like move anyone about that. Um, totally. And also like, who am I relationship with and who, who am I not? And I don't actually need to be having the conversation with, with, yeah, I have limited energy. What am I using it for? How do I stay in relationship with the people who are most important to me? Um, you know, from a grounded place. So yeah, really appreciating 
that that has both our attention right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. And I'm, I'm also just like, shout out, right. Like everybody's getting like different news and stuff. And I'm like, shout out to like the crossover of like, you know, what is COVID? What is like BLM? What is like Antifa? Like, you know, there's so much, it's the same thing of like, I can't convince you because you're listening to like a totally different, you know, radio show or whatever. Like, so I'm hearing that, that like, yeah, my goal right now isn't convincing. It's just really paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Really like, and also that like these labor fights and the stuff about COVID and like militarism, like, it all is actually the same thing. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, how do we actually strengthen our relationships and our our formations instead of just wasting energy bickering? I, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think that actually turning us against each other is a tactic. It's a tactic. 100%. Hundred percent. You know, actually, the people I'm in relationship, we don't fundamentally disagree about anything. And like, yes, you know, I I just feel very interested in not taking the bait these days because they want us to turn on each other about everything. So yeah, huge. Maybe and maybe that I sort of jumped the gun with our last question. I think that is how I am evolving. Is that I am. I mean. I have been a very combative person. I love a good verbal flaying, um, but I'm completely not interested. I'm completely um, interested in in using my energy to practice the world that I want to be living in, like to practice what liberation would actually feel like now with the people that I'm, you know, in relationship with. Yeah. Love that. Grateful for that. <laughs> well, I'm it is a slow evolutionary process, let me tell you. Cause you know, I'm still a messy, messy human. Um, and how are you evolving right now? You you had said earlier you were like, you were like, you have like a call-in vibe. And I was like, do you feel that way? Like, cause I feel like I feel like there are people who either see me or like project onto me as like a caller outer. Like if there's some bullshit, I am notified. And in ways, like, I love that. Like, I'm like, yes, like, let's get it. And in other ways, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, what, why, like, do you want me to help you? Like, I'm not just here to like call out whoever, but recognizing like, okay, so if that's how some folks perceive me like how you know how do how do I like round that out um with you know with my own intention so evolve just yeah try just ever trying to be as much of a listener as a you know an intaker as much of an outputter and yeah, in different ways, like maybe in arenas that I was more of a listener trying to be more out and opposite. So trying, <laughs> trying to do that. Yeah, I think your call-in vibe is that um, the way that I experience that with you is sort of like, you say your piece, and then you're like, and if you want to talk about it, my DMs are open. Yeah. You know, like, 
if what I'm saying doesn't make sense, like reach out, you know, it's not like if, if what I say doesn't make sense, fuck you. Yeah. You know, that's a call out that, you know, to me, call in is like, we can be in relationship around disagreement. Yes. You know, like, Try, yeah. Trying to like really live that is an evolve is like, cause saying that, but like, I still feel prickly, like oof, yes, trying to do that more. Yeah. Thank you for being real about that. Here's to like prickly all the time over here. <laughs> Oh, that's the truth. That's the truth. And let's not pretend that it's not because, you know, somebody's feel. if we're not feeling it, they're feeling it, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Um, I thank you so much for diving Yay. in with me today and having the conversation. It is such a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more. And I look forward to the happy birthday texts between us. That'll be coming I know. up. Hey, this is a game changer. Seriously, we have more to talk about with this. And may this be the first of many conversations. Yes. Appreciate you. Appreciate you holding the space for 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 you know for everyone to talk or to listen. And yeah, your offerings are cool. Your COVID safety is cool. Your glasses are cool. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you for real. For real, for real. Thank you, my love. 